You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Welcome to River Cafe Table 4, a production of iHeartRadio and Atomize Studios. So I can't see David. I can see you. In my mind's eye, I have you right in the center of my mind. (laughs) I can see you too. (laughs) You're in the center of my heart. David Ajay is a close friend and a great architect. Everything he does, his buildings, his office, how he works with clients, how he creates a family is done with ethos, social concerns, and the highest possible values. He's in Ghana right now. I am in London, but here we are together. <laughs> when you go to Rome, which you and the city you and I both love, and you go in the spring to uh, restaurants, yeah. they serve artichokes in so many different ways. They boil them, they braise them, but the Romana are these kind of slow-cooked artichokes, whole with the stem, and you eat the whole thing. Killer. So, I love vegetables, so it's perfect. Artichokes alla Romana. Serve six, 12 small or six large violetta artichokes with their stalks. Prepare the artichoke, but leave them whole. Scoop out the choke with a teaspoon. As each artichoke is prepared, place in a bowl of cold water with the juice of two lemons. For the herbs, mix together the parsley, mint, crushed garlic, and six tablespoons of olive oil and season well. Drain the artichokes. Press the herb mixture inside the center of each artichoke. Pour 250 milliliters of olive oil into a saucepan large enough to contain all the artichokes. Put the artichokes stuffed side down, jammed together so they stay upright. Scatter any excess herb stuffing over the top. Add water to come to one-third of the way up the globes and bring to a boil. Reduce the heat. Cover with a sheet of greaseproof paper and place the lid on top. Cook gently for about 30 minutes or until the water is evaporated and the artichokes have begun to brown at the bottom and are tender. Serve with lemon wedges. Artichokes are romana. They're the whole artichoke. I like to put them over sort of high heat so that you get the crispiness on the outside. Mm. They almost, I always think, they're kind of like eating candy. Because of the caramelized nature of the outer leaves, they're quite sweet in a way. And when you go to Rome, which you and I both love, and you go in the spring to restaurants, they serve artichokes in so many different ways. They boil them, they braise them. But the Romana are these kind of slow-cooked artichokes, whole with the stem. They're delicious. Are you vegetarian? I'm vegetarian with a 10% pescatarian if it's really great seafood. <laughs> and you don't eat dairy, right? I don't eat dairy. Yeah, um, dairy's completely off. David, I was just thinking that you are in Ghana, I'm in London, and I was thinking about the market in Ghana. Are there artichokes? Are there a huge amount of vegetables? Is it seafood? Do you go to the market? What's it like? Yes, you get a lot of fresh produce made by very local producers. Mm. Most Ghanaians go to markets still, 
and buy fresh produce every week, every day. Yeah. It's an amazing thing. I don't get to go as much as I would love to, but whenever I've been, I've always been sort of thrilled by the kind of variety and the diversity. It's also on the coast, so there's excellent fish here. Oh. Even though I'm a vegetarian, I, you know, when, when there's a fresh catch, I'm always uh, tempted. The family's always tempted. We always get fresh, fresh fish. Yeah. Is there one large market or are there lots all over the city? Or is it- There's a main market, which is the city market, but there are lots of smaller markets all over the city. So there are local sort of little stalls and places that you can get it, but there's a main market called Makala Market in the center of the city, which is mm. the main hive of activity. What are the vegetables that you eat? The vegetables have different shapes and colors, <laughs> sometimes the same names, but very different shapes and colors. Yeah. There's a kind of incredible you know, that lovely kind of aroma of markets, which you see all over the world. Uh, there's a kind of African version of that, which is dense and, yeah. and incredible colors and things like that. Ashley, my wife, is obsessed with the markets. So she's always sneaking off mm. to go look at what's new. What's also wonderful about these markets is the way in which you understand the seasonality of produce, which is so clear here. Mm. Foods come in seasons and waves and you know, you suddenly get something and everybody wants it for the next few months and then it's gone. Mm. And then it's gone. I know. Then then something arrives. Exactly. And that is a a new thing. You know, London is something where you can get things all the time and you forget about seasonality. Yeah. And that's something we're really enjoying about our crowd, that things come and go depending on when they're in season. And it's really beautiful. What's it like there now? Is it warm? Is it spring? Yes. Yes. Because Ghana is on the equator, more or less, we're really always between something like 20 and 35 degrees. <laughs> At worst, uh-huh. it's like 35, but it's never below 20. Yeah. You know, 20 people are wearing jumpers here because they think it's cold and we're always laughing. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> when they say it's Can cold, I... they're like, oh, really? Yeah. No, 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 they don't know. <laughs> it's relative. How does it feel being there? What does it feel like now? You... We've been here a couple of years and it's it's still really lovely. We're really enjoying it very much. It's a totally different atmosphere, but it's one that, you know, is really very special. Ghanians are very warm, so it's a very kind of social culture that's very much about, you know, it takes a village to look after uh, a family. Uh, So there's a kind of friendliness that people, you know, have care for each other that I really, really love. We're still discovering it. You know, Accra, the city we know very well, the country we're sort of traveling around now to really understand. And, and it's wonderful just to go with the kids yeah. to, you know, my father's ancestral village or my mother's ancestral village and just to see these places and for them to see it. Yeah, it's kind of great. Tell me the story of your family, your, your parents. Yeah, so Ghana, you know, a quick sort of history. Ghana was, you know, colonial outpost. It was one of the first sub-Saharan country to gain independence in the late 50s, 57 to be exact. And my father was part of a sort of royal family in a, a sort of a, a farming village called Adosu. And the then prime minister, President Nkrumah, sort of asked for all the sort of learned characters to go into education and go into government immediately. They were sort of brought in when the British left. Yeah. So my father was part of that first wave of moving from the village and coming to the city and, you know, working in the various departments and, and finally getting to be accepted in the diplomatic corps. He met my mother in Accra. She was also kind of came from the village and sort of started working in the city. They met, uh, they fell in love. My father was good at his job, I guess, and was quickly given the position of going on a posting to East Africa. And that's where we were born. So myself and my brothers were all born in East Africa. I was born in Tanzania. My other brothers were born in Kenya and Uganda. And then we came back to Ghana for a few years 
So I had a few years in Ghana and I had wonderful sort of memories of just that time and mm. was the sort of childhood memory of, you know, my earliest home, yeah. you know, growing up with a cocoa tree in the garden. What year was that, David? Um, this would have been in the, um, in the 70s, mm. in the early 70s. And then we moved from there. My father then was reposted to North Africa and the Middle East before we came to England in the late 70s. Food-wise, it sounds very exotic to have had, <laughs> you know, Tanzanian yeah. food and North African food and Ghanaian mm-hmm. food before you were sent into the food of England. I just think how childhood memories of food stay with you forever, the food that you go back to or that you love. Yeah, no, I have a very eclectic sense of what is possible as food and the different varieties. Uh, you know, I still love East Indian sort of cuisine with the way in which it sort of, you know, and that was all East Africa, I guess that must have been, you know, the sort of huge influence of the Indian community on East Africa. What is that like? Is it very spicy? It's masalas and spicy masalas and doughs and mm. flavoured meats and fishes and vegetables. And then there's Ghana, which is really root vegetables and soups, really very soup-based yeah. and fish or meat if you had money. And then North Africa with its incredible mezes and bread, yeah. you know. And so I had all that before coming to England. Yeah. And coming into England, just when that sort of beginning of the transformation of, uh, yeah. you know, I sort of remember the Conrad shop and all these sort of places where, you know, food was suddenly in, in discovering Italian food in London. That was kind of the moment when it was like, oh, my God, you know, and the transformation of yeah. Italian food into English food and, and the sort of love affair that started with that, which led me to you. When you yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, as my favorite restaurant in London, of course. <laughs> wow. But did you have home cooking? Did your mother cook? Did your father cook? Or were, yes. Do you remember her being in the kitchen? Yes. I always think of somebody that really loves food and wants to know what the next meal is going to be. You know, when you <laughs> stayed with us, what are we eating? Yeah. What are we having? And so as a child, was your mother, was that part of her love and attention to you? My mother did cook and we were three boys and she was very determined that we would, from a very early age, understand cooking and be in love with it. So I think I remember being like 10, 11 and my mother, when we came to England, you know, her going, all right, now you're going to learn how to make food for yourself. Uh, so she sort of frog marches in the kitchen and just started to really unfold the idea of heat and cooking and doing things and to feel really comfortable. And she made us watch her do things. So yeah. all three of us know how to cook, which was something that she really instilled in us. As in, I don't mean that we're chefs, but in any way, but we're, not, we're comfortable. No, but you're a good cook. No, you are. I know I've eaten your food. You're good. You're a good cook. You <laughs> Thank are. You. Yeah, we, we know we, we're comfortable with the sort of, you know, frying, boiling, baking yeah, yeah. sort of things. And that came from her. And, you know, I think because we travel so much, she always made us Ghanaian food and it was a kind of constant for her. So she always unfolded a kind of weekly menu. Mm. It actually very rarely varied, but it was a kind of like mm. weekends. We had these soups and these things mm. called fufu. And then in a week we'd what have What a these. fufu? What a fufu? Fufu is a kind of yam and cassava sort of dumpling. It's like, it tastes like gnocchi, but a gigantic gnocchi. Mm. <laughs> yeah. With soups and fishes and meats poured on it. And uh, that was the kind of weekend special. Mm. But then in the week you would have things like jollof, which is rice with tomato base and vegetables and, you know, foods in it and vegetables, etc. And she'd sort of be very methodical about it. And I used to, mm. at some point, I used to think, God, man, come on, can we shift these things? Yeah. You know, and now, like I do it with my kids. It's something that we do. You do, yeah. And it's really quite beautiful. 
The show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Help helps is a maxim I believe in. We all carry around stress and hardship, and when we keep it inside, it starts to chip away. Therapy is a safe place, and therapy is for everyone. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Visit betterhelp.com slash Ruthie today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Ruthie. Betterhelp.com slash Ruthie. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Did your mother ever cook British food? Was she interested in that? Once in a while, she'd make something. Yeah, I mean, she'd make a roast for, you know, at Christmas we had a hybrid. So it was like the sort of, you know, we in a family loved pies. So apple pies and things like that would be made by my mom. So there were certain things that were treats from the world that we were in that was part of the sort of uh, the thing. But, you know, we were at school, so we were having school meals and stuff, things like that. So she was like, okay, you're getting English food. I want to make sure that you still understand the food of Europe. Yeah. Yeah. And do you cook now? You know, I love I love cooking. I don't get as, as much chance to cook as I would like to. Ashley, my wife, loves to kind of cook, so she wants to lead that. I do on the weekends. I have a one day where I cook for the entire family. So I have yeah. a Sunday a Sunday sort of um meal that I always make and you know I What is it? What do you cook? It's just vegetables and a kind of pasta and bits. So I kind of make a kind of a, a hybrid, but it's really, I kind of get market vegetables. What I do is I kind of, um, I finish off the week, whatever's left over, and I kind of make it into this mm. flavored sort of stew pasta thing with other sort of supports. <laughs> and do the kids come in and cook with you? Do they cook? Yes, they do. Now they love coming in and wanting to get involved. And mm. it's always just green vegetables, yeah, every yeah. green that we can find. So we're looking at peas and cabbage and broccoli yeah. and mm. You know, we're boiling them and we're sort of, there's this colanders that are used in Ghana. So we then sort of crush them in the colander to make a paste green and then we add Mm. flavors to it and stuff. It's become a little thing. We're trying to think how we met. And I think, well, you could tell the story, but wasn't it, I thought it was that Richard was so, so impressed and so in awe of your work. I don't think he taught you, but you knew him when you were a student or was it after you graduated? Oh, yeah. 
Richard was an icon forever, but he really entered my life sort of directly as a person when I started my career, sort of sort of early 2000. And I made this house called the Electra House. And um, that's right. Yeah. And it was published in Domus and he saw it and he really loved it and um, called me to talk to him about it. And that's, I think that's where we first met Ruth. Mm. That was around that time and um, been incredible journey. We met through architecture and food and that connection has lasted through yes. many years. And it was a period, it seemed that you were traveling an enormous amount, yes. fabulous places and building buildings everywhere. And do you think about what the food will be like in that city? Does it, do you start thinking, where will I eat? Yeah, no, I think I've practically designed, you know, I, I literally, <laughs> the food where I go to eat is intimately linked with the places that I'm actually working. Yeah. And what I like to kind of have there is very important. Yeah. When I travel, it's not about anything, but just having to find places where the food is heart still, and that the food reflects something that really gives you a sense of, you know, comfort where you are is, is so important to me. Yeah. I just detest traveling and eating generic food. I really like to feel like I've sort of arrive somewhere and that the food is part of the place and I'm sort of engaging in that. Mm. Something that's really nice in Ghana now is it's all about chefs making food in their homes, mm. especially during this COVID times for just like for just two or three people. And that's been kind of amazing to experience. You just get like half a dozen people invited and it's in the garden because the weather's so great. It's socially distanced in the garden. You know, there's a chef called Selassie. She has a kind of pop-up Komodouni and she's doing incredible things with Ghanaian food. Mm. So she's been a kind of, whenever she does, we all run to go eat. So this idea of like eating in a place where, you know, where somebody really, you know, I think the best way to describe it is that where the food is heart, you know, it's not just product, not just stuff. Like exactly what you do. You sort of mm. taught the world that, Ruthie. And I think it's it's going around. I, I see versions of you uh. <laughs> in the younger generations all around as they try to really connect with food in a much more powerful way. Well, I think that is, you know, what does it mean to go to a restaurant? What does it mean to go with your friends? It's and something we've all missed enormously. Mm. Certainly when people have come back to the River Cafe, having been away for so long, it's quite emotional. Mm being in a room with people. Do you like, is there a certain restaurant you'd like or don't like that you feel comfortable in? Yeah, I'm very specific about the kinds of places that I like and don't like, yeah. Let's go for the positive. What do you like in a restaurant? I like it to have a certain kind of authenticity, to feel like it's not trying to bamboozle me with effects, but it's confident in itself and it's um, trying to reflect a little bit of what its culture is. And what about designing? Because you're an you've designed yeah. public buildings. What restaurants have you designed that you? I haven't designed a restaurant yet, but I'm right now designing the restaurant for Princeton Art Museum. That's that's probably the closest I'm getting to my first ever restaurant. Actually, ironically, do you know what it will be like? The restaurant in the museum? Um, yeah, it's trying to really uh, this, the, the things I said have a certain kind of quality that has a certain sort of openness. It kind of has its own terrace, so it's open onto a really beautiful terrace that overlooks the grounds. Mm. Trying to make it feel not in any way that it's exclusive, but it has a kind of egalitarian quality. But it's really good quality. Mm. So it has a kind mm. of quality in the kind of pieces that are around you, the things that you touch, the things that you kind of are next to. Mm. But it also kind of honors the idea of food, that it has a certain ritual quality to it as well. I think that that's really lovely in Uh a restaurant, that it feels like a ritual, very important social ritual. It's not just totally casual. So it's a kind of fine blend between being, you know, somehow serious, but not looking too serious.
This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What's the project you're most excited about right now? Gosh, um, we're doing projects. I love what I'm doing. The Studio Museum in Harlem, I think, is a very important project for me. Um, The Abu Dhabi Abrahamic Center is a very important one. Building the National Cathedral for Ghana is really like a dream. You know, it makes me remember my father who passed away five years ago. So being back in his country and building a national monument for this country is a great sort of humbling honor. So those are some of the big highlights right now. So, David, you've just won the RIBA gold medal and I think about how brilliant that is for you for the people who've worked with you for the work that you've done thank you your speech and what you'll say and who will speak with you but I'm also thinking about what we're going to eat afterwards when we have the party for you and so do you have some thoughts about what you'd like to eat? Should we do a menu right now? Do you have your piece of paper and pen? <laughs> <laughs> Ruthie, I would be thrilled if you would um, design a menu with me. Okay. Well, let's see. We're here. It's in May, isn't it? It's yeah. the end of May. Yeah. So that will be a fantastic. Talking about the way you were talking about the arrival and the departure of vegetables. And mm. so the arrival of May couldn't be a better season. There'll be beautiful melons, there'll be asparagus, there'll be peas and green Mm. beans. And so Mm. in a way, I think we could start out with a long table full of antipasti of vegetables. We could have asparagus with Parmesan cheese and butter. We could have zucchini that have been boiled and then marinated with mint. Delicious. And so we could start with that, which will get us all into uh, a very good mood. And then we could have, because I know you love tomato pasta, don't you? Yes, I do. One of my favorites. (laughs) But then, you know, maybe that would be a time, as you said, you save it for special occasions and when it's particularly good. We could have fish, Mm. which we could have as a whole sea bass. Stunning. Baked in salt. Mm. We could have, uh, we could just decide a few days before whether we want sea bass or turbot or, mm-hmm. if possible, wild salmon. I'm just drooling. <laughs> My mind is aflame with images. <laughs> <laughs> and then, let's see, what else? What would you like for dessert? So I'm lactose intolerant, as uh-huh. you remembered, so it has to be non-dairy, if that's possible. Okay. Would you like a sorbet? 
sorbets are always great. What fruit sorbet do you like? Oh gosh, it's from lemons to I'm just a sorbet fan. Sounds amazing. Sounds amazing. So we're talking about food as memory. It's very moving to hear you say how many years later through all the travels and all the work that your memories of your mother and mealtimes with your family, but also being in the kitchen and the Ghanaian and the Tanzanian and the Northern African food. And now your children were born in London, but they're living in Ghana. Mm. So when you think if we were doing this interview with them in 30 years time, what do you think their memories will be of food? I think that I would love for them to feel really connected to global cuisine, that they they know the kind of the different foods of the world in different parts of the world and different places. But they also understand a strong part of their heritage, that they understand food from West Africa, from Ghana specifically, and that they're able to bridge those worlds and uh, that, that they remember, you know, making food with us in the kitchen here in Ghana and um, making amazing dishes and tasting new things and new fruit mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. new things here that really trigger memories for them about their lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, There you are. I don't know how many miles away is Africa from London. It's about 6,000 miles. <laughs> <laughs> so 6,000 miles away, and we're, we're talking about what's brought us close together mm. in this conversation is food and architecture and family and parents and memories and childhood and our own children. We give food for love. We give food for caring. We eat food together. And we also... Eat food for comfort. What would you say your comfort food is? Nothing grand. Um, it goes back to memories of my mother, but it really mm. is It's soups. It's vegetable soups that my mother used to make. Mm. I sort of make versions of it myself. And it's funny being in the heat here, I would have thought that I would not have so many soups, but I've actually become even more of a soup consumer. Mm. And then she used to make this wonderful treat, which in Ghana is called the bofrot. Essentially, it's a donut mm-hmm. of sort, but you'd make it yourself with a kind of nutmeg and you know flavor to it, and uh, it's sort of fried, deep fried. Mm. <laughs> but yeah. uh, but it's a lovely treat, mm. and it's dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's a it's a very sweet. Uh, yeah, these are two comfort foods that um, yeah things I love. <laughs> and you're my comfort, and I love you. Thank you, David. Thank you. Love you so much. I love you too. Bye-bye. To visit the online shop of The River Cafe, go to shoptherivercafe.co.uk. River Cafe Table 4 is a production of iHeartRadio and Atomize Studios. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, Visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's better, H-E-L-P dot com. 
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 